welcome to Acts of Pod. Uh, I'm Gina, and we've got uh, Anne on bass. Hey, Scott. What's up? Yeah. And then we got Cezanne, too. Hello. Hey, and uh, we got a, a brand new pod. I think you're going to like it today. Uh, so usually on Acts of Pod, we try to take a topic that's big in the news and provide a you know, a historical, a larger historical context and see how this issue has played out over time. So, um, this week we are doing the Scopes trial. What's the proper name for it? Uh, the state of Tennessee versus John Thomas Scopes oh. from 1925. Yeah, I right. like it better when you add the monkey in. <laughs> the Scopes Monkey Trial, Yay. a.k.a. the Scopes Monkey Trial. Yeah, I like that, too. Oh, God, because people just cannot. They want to have monkeys, like, in commercials, wearing diapers, <laughs> Don't, yeah, but they, they don't want to be related to them. They want their pet monkeys to bring out at parties. Yeah, they want to file down the teeth of their pet monkey. Give them a cigarette and a highball. Not cool. Yuck, yeah. yucks. <laughs> no. But you don't want to accept them into your family because yeah. you're specious. You're or specious. deal with them when they hit sexual maturity and like <laughs> rip your face off. Oh, yeah, because um, they're not happy. <sighs> We're off to a great living, start. <laughs> yeah. Living in your living room. What? <laughs> So Gina was was asking, you know, okay, well, what's how, you know, how does this relate to you today? And basically, it's like, what I thought is, it's tale as old as time, at least <laughs> since the 19th century of that time, uh, <laughs> science on trial. Okay, right. It's still on trial. People still don't like science and have problems with it yes well i mean it's that's a pretty old argument i mean galileo right oh that's true yeah it hasn't been since just it's, the 19th it goes century. back yeah to, there were like to the beginning heretics. of science right <laughs> yeah like anybody that was like oh i came up with a for math formula you're dead but uh yeah and the other thing the how we're seeing it play out now is that, you know, there are, are still fights over school curriculum. There are still people that are very particularly fighting for intelligent design or having creationism taught in schools. And again, that's it's only one religion's origin story. I mean, if you were going <laughs> to teach them yeah. all... Like, I, why don't you go with the Aztecs or... Yeah, and, that's yeah. pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of origin... I'm going to say it, myths. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Including including the myth of the apple and the tree and the Garden of Eden. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, okay, welcome and, to hell. <laughs> I mean, well, we're all men there. Just means like a story people like believe in. No, I know. I'm just joking. But uh, the reason that it's not, I, I guess the reason that it, 
it's not as funny as I would want it to be, is that we are still currently, you know, fighting against people who don't accept climate science. Well, that's, that's those. And when you say that, they're very wrapped up like this fight is, is very wrapped up together. The creationism versus evolution, climate change stuff. Right. So all of this academic freedom, you know, doublespeak stuff is right is um wrapped up with all that the what i thought would be helpful to do is that if we could go back to 1925 and Mm -hmm. and just show an example of the kind of rhetoric and the attitude towards this topic and see how very little has changed (laughs) over the course of nearly a hundred years i think you'll see that you know just for human progress, it might be beneficial to oh, I don't I embrace science. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. You know. All right, let's let's take it back. So we've got we've got John Scopes, right. Tennessee, Tennessee, uh, Tennessee, Tennessee. <laughs> Lord, I really been. Okay, no, there was a. Okay, so Tennessee passed the Butler Act, which made teaching evolution a misdemeanor. Um, the ACLU found out about this, and, well, the ACLU... Oh, yeah. ACLU... Okay, can I ask a question? ACLU was yeah. kind of, like, relatively... Was it, a, like, a new organization at the time? That's a good question. I can give it a quick good. Well, I because I, what I remember hearing was that this was, like, one of the bigger things, like, the bigger kind of projects that the ACLU had, had taken on. But maybe um, I'm wrong. I, well, the thing, <clears throat> oh, yeah, 1920 ACLU. Well, and that was the thing is that when this law was passed, they were looking for somebody who would volunteer to be the defense. Right. Yeah. In the case. Right. So this was like a it wasn't like about John Scopes or Tennessee. It was like um it was about Well, can I give an like example? Bigger picture. Yeah. How America anyway tries to push ideas forward or push well progressives anyway how they try to promote sort of acceptance is that they will have these test cases and the other side does it too like with religious freedom but they'll find a case where for example if somebody got uh locked up on sodomy charges it goes to the supreme court you can have a a a public airing (laughs) of the topic and then and it used to be that the Supreme Court would make pretty good decisions. Um, but then, you know, they, and, and that's how huge issues like, you know, civil rights, <clears throat> equal rights, the right to marry, all of these sort of things were decided by you would have a, you would find an appropriate case and then litigate that case. Well, yeah. So right. a law, an unconstitutional law would be passed. Right. Some, in some state and then um like a a, a group like the ACLU or another kind of activist group would be like well like no that's unconstitutional that's gonna make right. things hard for other people 
So they would basically look for an appropriate uh, plaintiff in a case like that. Right. Plaintiff. That's... I said defense. Plaintiff. Well, no. I mean, in this case, the, he was the defendant. He was the defense. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Law and Order. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I've... God almighty. I have watched so many court cases. If I don't know law by now... <laughs> I mean, they should just give you an honorary ju- doctorate of jurisprudence, Anne. <laughs> well, that's, a, I mean, like, I didn't pass the bar, but I'm a PhD in iced tea. I'm a PhD in Dick Wolf. Ooh! <laughs> um, oh. But I was going to say, the reason that they happened upon Scopes was that uh, there were local businessmen in mm-hmm. Tennessee who wanted to essentially bring the papers to town and so they convinced in, Scopes yeah. who was actually he taught physics and math he didn't even teach biology and he wasn't even yeah. entirely sure he had ever taught it right he was like I'm pretty sure uh, maybe I mentioned it at some point but and why I think would he? he was like what he was only like 24 so. Well, yeah. back then, in, in 1925 years, that's like 45, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, a very good point. I mean, yeah. come on. Okay. It's not today's 25-year-old. That's true. He didn't have a pedicab. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a different time. So, I mean, he... <laughs> I mean, he agreed to it because he he did accept that, uh, I don't know, scientific precedent. Yeah, and well, and this wasn't just, like, him being like, yeah, okay, I'll do it. It was also the city of Dayton, right, who was like, this is going to bring some pub to our town. Any publicity is good publicity. Yeah, Yeah, and, you know, and I, I had every intention of being, like, well, at least there's a question in my mind. It's like, why is Dayton so intense about getting publicity? Like, I just imagine like, their, like, city manager's office just being like, hmm. <laughs> yeah. How are we going to draw in some generalized attention? Well, it's like. I mean, it's. Yeah. Go, I, go it, it feels like the music man, you know, like <laughs> yeah. this character. <laughs> Yeah, right. You know? And it starts with T and that rhymes with P and that stands for pool, you know? Yeah. Or the monorail guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) The what guy? You know, from The Simpsons, monorail. Oh, so let's go back. So anyway, so Dayton succeeded in getting national attention because they brought in two of the most nationally prominent figures well, to be but before we get, attorneys in Right, case. right, okay. which is true. But the thing is, is that the way that they attracted this attention is that Scopes indeed got charged. Yeah. Yes. And so... Yeah. He was charged for violating the Butler Act. He was which, like, hey, which, hey, everybody, yeah. I violated the Butler Act. Right, right. <laughs> uh... You can call me a monkey's uncle. Ah, ah. Rebel. <laughs> so, um, two fairly opportunistic attorneys that were drawn to this case. There was William Jennings Bryan. Do you want to? Uh, yeah, I mean, he had. I think at that point he had run for president three times. Yep. Yeah. Three times. By this point, I mean, 
he's a nationally known figure. And what's weird, he's also like a progressive and was supposedly like women's suffrage. And he was also like super anti-evolution. Can I put a little twist on some of oh, that? There's so many twists. <laughs> yeah. So something I was listening to was saying like part of the justification for the pushback against evolution and why people who were sort of idealistically progressive in that way but anti-evolution was because um the idea of evolution was also kind of tied to eugenics uh, did you hear that yeah at all? i i did read uh yeah i i know about that thread that it was kind of crossing into that territory and freaking people out yeah so it's like a little bit more complex than just like religious bumpkins being like you know, right yeah which is how you can get a character like William Jennings Bryan, who, right. you know, it, it it's not, well, I guess just like most things in life, it's not black and white because it, <laughs> the way that it's framed is that it's, it's the fundamentalist versus the modernists. Yeah. But, you know, the, to say that, that progressives or, you know, that that sort of thought is blameless, you know, people have had some bad ideas well, yeah, I mean, there has been some, like, some people who were progressive-minded that have kind of splintered off into some ugly shit, you know, like... Um, being racist. Yeah, being racist or believing that maybe people should be sterilized or, you know... Right. Yeah, right. Right. What got me, because I was, when I was reading through this, going back to, like, what was it about the 1920s and complicating it not just being about fundamentalism um okay a little background oklahoma in 1923 had the first anti-evolution law yeah um banning textbooks from mentioning it 1924 uh california had you could only present evolution as a theory only North Carolina, 1924. Uh, again, that's another ban of uh, talking about that humans originated from something other than the Bible, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. Anyway. Um, so in the 1920, this is also the same time that prohibition started in yeah. 1920. Yeah. So you've got this like, Freak out over morality. Yes. Right. And it's post-World War One, and people are flipping out, and they're like, oh my god, stop drinking, and F Darwin, please. Well, and the other thing that's happening, too, is that, like, the whole public school system is really taking hold. Like, before, it wasn't necessarily like a huge thing like there were schools like there were i don't know i don't know how it was set up but the school system wasn't publicly <laughs> yeah. funded like it was before there weren't a bunch of kids going to public schools with curriculum that was set by the state right so that's yeah. spreading i i we should do an episode just on that because i have read uh there's a an argument that libertarians make that there was a time before uh, taxes were collected 
um, and that people managed to do fine. And I was like, if by fine you mean that children were uneducated and, you know, that people were responsible for making their own roadways and everything else, then sure. But, you know, we have... We have agreed and that and I think that that is sort of the tension you're describing in is that you know and we've talked about this before is that there was a point where we had to come together and really decide how we were going to do going forward like how are you know are we going to take this on are we going to educate every child are we you know like yeah. how how should children be educated what should they be taught it you know it and i think we're at a, a similar point now as well and uh it's tense it's tense negotiating yeah. that yeah yeah but uh so if you want to go go back to is it dayton 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 tennessee i i, fr- I don't know I, I just so associate that with ohio, with ohio it's hard yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the the only point I've been trying to get in here is that actually it was H.G. Wells that was considered. Yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that, which is wow. amazing. Yeah. But they were like, uh, first, first uh, on the list, H.G. Wells. Yeah. Well, it, the H.G. Wells, I mean, obviously he's a science fiction writer, but I love his his fiction that's not science fiction just regular fiction and but he, yeah i mean he was a like a i'm just hoping that unlike lovecraft there isn't some weird crazy <laughs> yeah. racist <laughs> element that i mean, not glossing over oh man well, we didn't do a deep dive into hg wells yeah yeah i should oh, it does just... it's an entertaining choice from their part. It just reminded or, me of, I believe, going back to the same class where I had to talk about Jaquez. Oh, God. <laughs> I had to, this is freshman year English, I had to um, do a, a presentation on an author, and I chose H.G. Wells. And you had to bring something like a candy that related to him. I don't know. <laughs> Wait, maybe what? I made up the candy. <laughs> no, you just but wanted to bring a related candy. <laughs> maybe I thought it would be fun to pass yep. out some candy. Yes, that's exactly what happened, Dan. <laughs> okay, wait. Um, I know that with hundred <laughs> percent. I don't like. Certainty. I don't understand. So if I chose Goethe. <laughs> What kind I of candy? Your what? teacher was like, bring a candy that you associate. <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. she didn't. That wasn't the assignment. <laughs> but I'm, I brought in a candy. Oh God, what candy was it? The, what candy was here's it? What, here's what I know: is I brought in the licorice candy, good and plenty. Oh God, because I. Did it relate to H.G. Wells? Are you or asking us? am I thinking us? of somebody else? Are you asking us? <laughs> I, I, I mean, the War of the Worlds, good and plenty. I don't see the I, connection. I don't, see but it. I don't either. I don't either. 
I don't know what book I brought in the licorice candy good and plenty. That is the worst I thought candy, it, I too. Thought it was... All of your classmates were like, Bleh. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I thought it was H.G. Wells. Is there another initial, initial author? <laughs> it's not E.E. E. Cummings. T.S. Eliot. No. Okay, wait, wait, wait. I just, again, can I just revisit? So you're saying... Yeah, I, this is essentially what I'm hearing. I chose Leo Tolstoy, and that's why I brought Necco wafers. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't. I don't understand how you arrived at the candy. I don't know the relationship. Why is candy involved at all? Why? There are so many unanswered questions, uh, and I can guarantee that uh, you, you got the wrong end of the stick on this one, but. Yeah. Oh, oh anyway Lord. okay but uh so if, were we? if we're gonna get back on the magic we were bus, talking about hg wells hg <laughs> right. wells good and plenty I, again <laughs> i don't make any sense I, it, War I mean, of the honestly world. nothing gonna, has changed i'm i'm going to effing figure it out oh man I don't, Maybe if, it was the time if, machine. If Good and Plenty was as tangential as this story, <laughs> yeah, then I've it all good, makes sense. I've heard Good and Plenty about it, so <laughs> yeah, we can just... <laughs> 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 That'll do. Yeah, look. My freshman English class was not successful. Uh, and I now I'm not I'm not blaming the teacher anymore. I'm going to tell you that right now. Yeah. I have a, I have a strong suspicion it was uh, squarely on you. <laughs> Jacques. Oh god. Here's your good and plenty. <laughs> oh. But who they did um who they did happen upon Ooh. the only the only <sighs> I don't I didn't really have to say the name it th- there's just a detail about this character that i really love but mm-hmm. they brought in clarence darrow who at the time was famous for one of my favorite true crime cases mm-hmm. leopold and Loeb. oh yeah tell me more oh my god so leopold and Loeb was a story about these two young rich men who tried to commit the perfect murder for fun which is like oh is that what rope was it based on yeah that's exactly right yeah it is i think it was yeah okay yeah it well and what's so there was there's been a couple of movies but the what's so fascinating about it is uh you know it had that sort of like james spader and pretty and pink, like <laughs> oh, you know, like speaking just no, speaking my language, no socks, right? Just that sinister or like and sociopaths, the, right? They're sociopaths. <laughs> they also was the salacious element that there was a leader and uh, Loeb and Leopold who was very attracted to him, who was trying to impress mm. him by going yeah. along with this. Yeah, yeah, that's that's fun. which, which is the basis of almost all of the Smith songs, right? <laughs> yes, I knew there was a reason it appealed to me. Yeah, at a basic level. Yeah, yeah. And there you have it. Just like you know, dear hero in prison, 
Uh, Girlfriend in a coma. No, and <laughs> no, good and plenty. Good, yeah, no, and that's not that's it doesn't work. Yeah, or all right. So yeah, so Clarence Darrow, who I'm not gonna lie, I have sort of an Anurin Bevan crush. Ah. <laughs> and it's not because he's good looking. He's got like a very like pugnacious flat Irish face, but not hot like Anurin Bevan. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what you're saying. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I snorted. I Okay, I I grant, granted these are not lookers, but it is their I know I get it. Listen, I have been in love with someone's like soul and spirit before despite Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, um, I looked up Anyer and Bevan. He's he's Yeah. I, thought you were I can talking see about it. it. Uh okay, so Clarence Darrow who uh was best known for the Leopold and Loeb. He, the reason he signed onto the case is because, you know, uh, he so strongly supported the ACLU. And the reason he took the Leopold and Loeb case was because he believed that everybody, you know, even the, the most guilty and the most degenerate deserved a defense, right? And so... Like you were saying, this was sort of, again, a way of trying to find our, like, our, our, our moral path forward, you know, based mm-hmm. on what you believed was important. And I, I actually had, if, but I had uh, quotes just so you have a better idea of, of his philosophy. Um, True patriotism hates injustice in its own land more than anywhere else. And uh, as long as the world shall last, there will be wrongs. And if no man objected, as no man rebelled, those wrongs would last forever. So that's the kind of guy that he was. Yeah, I like it. I guess you could describe him as a social justice warrior. Yeah. Right. But um, so anyway, uh, when... William Jennings Bryan arrived to town. Half of the town showed up to greet him. And then Darrow came the day before and just sort of slipped by. But it was it was the biggest thing happening in Dayton, Tennessee. Uh, probably ever. And uh, it was a circus-like atmosphere. There were... Yeah. Like, people were barbecuing. They didn't say barbecuing, but I'm just gonna... <laughs> Like tailgating, tailgating. That's right. That's right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Jethro brought a whole hog, and we just we smoked it on the courthouse steps. I mean, it got national attention. It sounds like a good party. Right. I mean, there. there, It's not as if there was much else going on. You know, it was uh, like it was like, um, you know. It was on the radio. It was like, a, I don't know if it was one of the first, but it was probably one of the first, like, giant cases. <laughs> I'm going to say probably. Right. One of the first giant cases that was, like, every single, like, thing that every single development of the case was, right. was you know, a headline in the newspaper and it was broadcast on the radio and everyone was, yep. the yeah, whole it nation would, was wrapped. It would be kind of like... Uh, 
the way like the OJ trial where you thought surely people aren't going to want to listen to hours and hours of scientific testimony. Yeah, right. they did. But, like every single every bit of second it. of it. Every second yeah. of it. So word for word. Yeah. Um and these were two of the best orators of the time, so it was oh, sorry. Yeah, I mean, it was really the the smart turn that Darrow understood was that he knew that Brian was looking for an opportunity to blow the eight, right? He, mm-hmm. he, he, he knew that he wanted to get in front of a crowd and make this argument. So he actually, during the course of the trial, Scopes never went on the stand. Right. They, they called a zoologist as an expert witness, the defense did, and had them yeah. go through evolution. And then they ended up arguing whether you could present you know, this sort of uh, witness, I guess, a, a, a scientific expert, or an expert witness. An expert That's right. right. And so, uh, once they did decide that you could allow that witness, then Darrow uh, called Brian as a witness, as an expert witness. Oh my gosh, I love it. For the Bible. And that's where, right. that's where you are, in. Yeah. So, if you're wondering if this was made into a movie, it was. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I was reading excerpts from the testimony, and it's like the banteriest banter that ever bantered. Oh, yes. Between, like, Darrow and Brian. So, here's an example. Darrow asks, not for the purpose of this inquiry, Mr. Bryan. Do you know about how many people were on this earth at the beginning of the Christian era? Bryan, no. I don't think I ever saw a census on that subject. <laughs> <laughs> and then it, it's like, it's this constant, um, where have you lived all your life? Not near you. Laughter and applause. Oh, so- Right. I mean, and it's like this back and forth question where, like, um, Darrow's questioning him about, like, Jonah and the whale. Uh, Why would that be important? It Well, it's establishing, are you taking the Bible literally? Right. Right. And that's what he's are setting up. Are we treating up. the Bible like the same way that we treat a scientific theory that has, you know... Lots Ob- of tangible right. evidence to observable it. phenomena. Right. I mean, it, but it's cra- like it, they break it down. Like this is the 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 testimony between like or you know the questions between Darrow and Brian. It's like you're not prepared to say whether that a fish was made specifically to swallow a man. The Bible doesn't say so. I am not prepared to say. Yeah. It's like, what are y'all talking about? It's weird, guys. So Darrow uh, made a very convincing argument, as you said, because he was, as a modernist, arguing against taking the Bible literally. So, you know, he was essentially, when you say the argument out loud, like, are you saying that... There was a man named Jonah who actually lived for a period of time inside the belly of a whale. Do you you you're telling me that this is possible? You know, right? And so when you when you approach it from that 
from that direction. It, it, it's a it's a way of saying, you know, in just it, at least in the in in the academic sense, don't you think yeah. going forward we could sort of stick with a observable phenomenon that people can, you know, collect data about rather than something like a burning bush speaking to a prophet, that sort of thing. <laughs> right. right. And that that's why it was important, because it certainly didn't win the case, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because no. the way that it turned out was that Scopes was fined $100, <laughs> which was about $1,000 at the time, is what I read. And it, yeah, it was on par with... Um, a misdemeanor like alcohol offense at the time because of prohibition so it was like don't teach evolution don't drink and the punishments are the same kind of thing right yeah and the payoff is about the same because i yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) i don't know i mean i it is so rewarding for me to go off on a yarn Um, i mean i i just start i i just go to the galapagos islands in my mind i see the porpoises yeah porpoises it's not it's tortoise well there's tortoise but there's the darwin finches oh well yes yeah good point with the different beaks Oh, okay. I know what I'm talking about. And those lizards that spit salt water. (laughs) I just thought, Uh, isn't Galapagos known for the, I don't know if they're turtles or tortoises. Yeah, the tortoises, the giant tortoises. That's why I brought them. But Anne wants to talk about the finches. Right, okay. The marine iguanas. Well, but the beagle that the ship, Darwin sailed on the beagle to the Galapagos and he did a whole thing about the finches. Yep. Because each finch had a different beak for, for different certain purposes. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. So, um, but uh, since we've finished just on the trial part, I thought that we could take a moment for our sponsor. Oh, cool. Oh, That's yeah. a great idea. Okay. <laughs> All right. So, you know, here at Axopod, um, we have a couple of loyal listeners, and I assure you, we we love you. But we're we're trying to attract, um, maybe not because we have a lot of listeners yet, but just I guess based on our own personal charisma, we're trying to <laughs> attract some big time advertisers. So I thought, you know, and we've done this before. If we could just show our own our own skill set for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, really trying to sell these products, I, I think that people w- will run towards the opportunity of giving us money in exchange for reading a script. Well, we're good at selling stuff. Oh, absolutely. I mean, mostly drugs. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so uh, here we have a product uh, that we're going to pitch just to show it's our so chops. And uh, it's called uh, Last Love Lingerie. So, hey guys, have you ever had a bra that shows people you mean business, you're proud of yourself and your curves, and you want the world to know? Well, keep that bra, because this lingerie is made for the days when you're trying to pass off pajamas for clothes in the pharmacy. Last love lingerie. 
Hi, this is Suzanne. Anne here. And Gina. And today we're happy to res- represent our newest sponsor, Last Love Lingerie. You're going to love it so much that it will crowd out your heart from receiving any more love. Last Love Lingerie is a unique design for the older, modern woman. We only use the very best repurposed sports bras stretched for extra comfort. And their enormous stretched cotton underwear will finally cater to that woman who longs for less fanny with her panty because there isn't a caboose too loose that these enormous panties can't handle. Regardless of the environment, the playground, or the boardroom, this bra will give you the sexless, unrisen dough look we crave. The shape that says, I'm busy. And for those special moments, Last Love will give that signal to your partner that you're not interested. Maybe if he'd done the dishes like you promised, you'd be tempted to slip off what can only be described as the largest, loosest panty on the market. Did you notice we've said panty quite a bit? That's because Last Love only makes panties. No boy shorts here. Saggy cotton panties that come in colors from off-white to darker off-white. So if you want a bra that says to the world, seriously, try Last Love Lingerie. It's the kind of underwear you'll want when the coasts flood and the great panic over resources begins. Use code climate change report. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Good one. Good, Good read. So as as we said, the the trial wasn't technically a success, but it it did sort of raise the public consciousness, which was kind of the point of publicizing the trial anyway. And then Dayton became the most popular city in Tennessee. Well, I mean, you might think that the case on teaching creationism in schools is over. Actually, you probably wouldn't because you probably heard of some of this stuff in the news. Um, but there, um, there has been quite a big push since... Well, okay, let me just go back to the chronology of academic freedom bills. Oh, yeah. Academic freedom. It sounds really good, right? (laughs) But... I like it. It's one of those doublespeak situations Uh, where... Like religion? There is on the National Center for Science Education website, they actually have a chronology of academic freedom, quote-unquote, academic freedom bills... And it goes back to 1927. So, after, and, and that was, you know, obviously the Scopes trial was in 1925. So, after that, there were a few years there, 1927 through 37, where bills were popping up. But then it looks like there was quite a moratorium on all of it. Like, people were just like, okay, fine, we give up. But then, right around 2004, is when uh, the first, well, the next wave of academic freedom bills come up. And this one is in Alabama. Can I just interrupt really quickly? <clears throat> yeah. Well, uh, 
the, what's important to one of the connections you can see here is that in the states is where a lot of these uh, in the states is where a lot of these issues are argued out. So these are like culture war issues. So the in the same vein that you'll have different states that are trying to make it more difficult to access uh, reproductive care for women right. and, the, you know, imposing different standards that make it nearly impossible. Uh, you know, at the time, the st- like different states, politicians were hitching um, their star to these different wagons so they could make a name in right. Alabama or Mississippi or whatever right. to write. And so... The, well, just like we talked about that southern strategy thing, these were the right. these were the issues that really kind of uh, were, you know, getting getting people to that when that evangelical vote thing is coming up and right this is the thing that they're and it it it's a it's a way to motivate people to vote because they're not necessarily voting on policy. They'll they'll vote to endorse a lifestyle of a morality, uh, yeah, a morality code, so to speak. So it, it, I think it's it's important to to recognize that strategy to sort of demystify it because you know we when you talk about how divided our country is, it it really isn't any more divided than it's ever been. The rhetoric has <laughs> right. just been same old. Yeah, so so uh, that's yeah, it you bring up the rhetoric thing. So this is um this is sort of a classic example of okay, well, obviously this we should be able to teach creationism as though it was science thing is not going over well because it it seems kind of, you know, absurd. Um so basically they kind of they hedged their argument that, um, let me see, I, I'm going to find the language because I'm not going to be able to say it better, but... Um, uh, you're talking about the 2004 case? Well, that's, yeah, that was sort of, the, the in Alabama, that's the first time it came up, but... So, it's a regulation protecting the teaching of demonstrably false, anti-evolutionary, anti-scientific ideas in classrooms... Disguised under the label of academic freedom, critical thinking, discussing the full range of scientific views, or teaching the evidence against evolution, basically. So it's saying that, you know, a teacher should be able to have the academic freedom to teach... um, To teach... Intelligent uh, design. Intelligent design. Right. And there's also it's- sort of this idea, and some of the acts had this language that was like, well, if we're going to teach, um, if we're going to teach the theory of evolution, right. um, then we're also, we also need to, they have like balancing language. So we right. need to balance the, the sort of focus. It's- it's between the, evolution and creationism, as though that could yeah, also be a possible thing that also maybe really happened. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. But there was, it, it did go to the Supreme Court in 1968. Okay. In 1968, it did make it to the Supreme Court because the Scopes trial didn't. And then there were other, 
there were other things after that. Uh, it was just back and forth. And, alright, I can't find it. But basically, the Supreme Court ruled... Um, they struck down a law in Arkansas that was banning evolution based on... Okay, and the their reasoning was that... It was um, against the 14th Amendment because, okay, basic, they were positioning Christianity viewpoint as the alternative view, and you can't just pick that one thing right. to be the alternative view. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, and that was a, an argument that Darrow made, and I mean, this is like a fundamental yeah. argument we've always had in right. this country, which is, you know, there is a separation of church and state. So, to to choose again, like the origin, the origin story of Christianity in particular, rather than any other religion, although most of the Abrahamic religions share the same same story, but you know, not every religion has that beginning. So. It, you know, if you if you're going to argue that academic freedom, you should have the freedom to argue for intelligent design. You should also talk about you know what you know in Shinto, what their or like creation story right. is, or you know, right. yeah, yeah, or nor like Norse mythology, you know, Roman Greco mythology. I mean, it's the I, I there's it, it's not. Yeah. Anyway, basically, this has been, this is, it's not, it's not over. Right. And there, there are. I don't think it'll ever be over. Well, and, and just as, just as, um, sort of legislation that, uh, that goes against, you know, civil rights has, this also has become, you know, sort of couched in, like, kind of hidden language and like a different uh, you know they're they're trying to kind of take the back door in by saying well this is we just want to make sure that everybody gets to you know we're just trying to be fair here no it's the same it's the same thing with the argument for religious freedom like you know i i should be able to refuse service you know if it or i you know not provide birth control to my employees and that sort of thing but it's like are you really anticipating every religion? <laughs> yeah. Well, in it, and in in Florida uh, specifically, I you know I read a little bit of the specifics about, and I don't remember what year, but it was <laughs> it was the late aughts, right? And it was like okay. two thousand aughts to be yeah. clear, and um, it was basically like you know the the language of it was just allowing. A, a private citizen to um, protest like the school board's decision on the curriculum oh. which seems like yeah why wouldn't I be able to tell the school board what for but really it was a way to allow like special interest groups you know creationists like you know evangelical type groups to kind of come in and say well you can't teach about uh, you can't you can't talk about global warming. You can't talk about um, evolution, what have you. Well, and it also, it sort of reappears with the climate debate as well. Because it does, definitely, yeah. I mean, that's very, it's all wrapped up. 
you know, it's the in the same so way weird. that people are like, well, if you're going to speak about climate change, then you have to have a representative that, you know, that doesn't believe the science. And it's like, you don't. Yeah, you, you absolutely don't. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, somebody that has a position that is not not based in, again, like observable phenomena, if it's mm-hmm. just a feeling you have. Right. It, it it doesn't carry the same weight. The moral of the story is that the while it feels at at this time like oh this is a breaking point, you know, we ha- these decisions have to be made uh, going yeah, right. forward. This is the end of you know, um non-scientific thought yeah, and no. like, like we have right. never over We've been in this position <laughs> yeah. forever. Same for as it ever was. I mean, yeah. as soon as I think was it Copernicus that realized we were <laughs> that we were actually, you know, like, uh, yeah, it's good, it's good. But anyway, so you know that is our presentation about the Scopes trial. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> listen, here's the deal. Let me tell you something. I did a search of podcasts on the Scopes trial, and not that much came up on the iTunes. Oh, so interesting. anybody looks it up, they are in for a treat if we put this out there. Would you say that we are the definitive Scopes trial podcast? <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. I would. Based on... Because I, I can say whatever I want. Base, yeah, essentially... This is based on observable phenomenon and the other <laughs> podcast orbit around us. Exactly. Oh, okay. ooh, Copernicus slam. <laughs> That's right. All right. So, uh, but anyway, thanks as always for listening, and uh, we hope to to see from to see you next week as well. Check us Come out back. on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, Facebook. Yep. Uh, at gmail. Yeah. So oh, we'd love to please, hear from you. For the love of God, do not email us. That's true. And <laughs> we're so like, sick of your emails. I know. It's like we, there's not enough time in the day. Please Listen, don't. We all get, have stuff to do. Don't get involved with the Facebook page. Um, then I'll have to moderate the thousands and thousands of comments. Stop liking <laughs> our posts. I know, honestly. <laughs> it's getting out of control. Uh, but anyway, it, it as always, it was a pleasure, ladies. God, yeah. I love you. Love you, too. Oh, it was, so I am I'm excited. Yeah, all right. I was, Happy. Okay. I, that, We've I, orbited that topic. We did. Yeah, that was and good. And it is. It's been good and plenty. Oh, God. <laughs> All right. Goodbye. Bye. I'm going to press stop now.